the Welcome back to the Barefoot Puncher. I'm your host as always, the mug, your co-host, the Pope, the mother is with us as well. And Statsman has popped in. Of course, we take inspiration from the Barefoot Investor, but instead of giving you investment advice, we're here to give you a bit of betting advice on the 2023 AFL and NRL season. And I couldn't believe my eyes, Pope, when I saw the Statsman. Welcome to you. Is that is that me or Pope? The welcome. I was, to- I was actually I was actually throwing to the Pope, but I was I was just saying Pope. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw the stats man. He's literally just popped into the group. No no WhatsApp message, no text, no phone call. Just here I am, guys. Sorry, sorry, false start. Just uh, just went off before the government off air. Apologies, man. What what I couldn't believe during the week was you you went after Ron Connolly on Twitter and came away unscathed. Not too many people come away unscathed after going after Roko. So congratulations to you after targeting him for being a chief skate and him not going after you. So that I found rather, I couldn't believe that happened this week. I think I I, I uh, tuned into his live, uh, what is it, like a live feed on Twitter or Instagram one time. He used to do this show after the footy and I I think I listened in. So I think he might have taken a shine to me ever since then. So he uh, he, he, he doesn't go too hard on the mug. I can understand, but, uh, I can understand but why, Mark. That's I. I must admit, Pope. I can't have that. I can't have people complaining about the quality of their live sport, and then they say, "Oh, this KO is." If you are anyway fair income about watching sport, you do not have KO. Uh, Statsman, what do you have? <laughs> All of the above. Um, I was hoping for a longer editorial there. I'd I'd sat down, put the feet up, and, and was ready to tuck in. But um, yeah, no, nah, I'm all about Foxtel. You, it, it's also the real time. If you if you're a punter like we are, and you want to have a live bet, you know that delay on KO is going to cost you. So yeah, it's got to be Fox. Yeah, no, the, the the KO. I mean, I don't know what what does KO cost, boys? Twenty bucks or something like that. And I think you can get the sports only package on Foxtel for sixty or seventy or something like that. It's like, come on, walk it out and uh, get with the program. Welcome back uh, this evening to the Modler. Guys, good to be here. Good to have the stats man with us. Uh, the jingle was sounding very good uh, at the start of the program. I hope that bodes well for the uh, to the podcast to come. Let's uh, let's hope so, boys. We better backtrack because. Uh, seems many moons ago now, um, almost a week in fact, uh, we had Origin 1 and uh, didn't quite go our way. And uh, we did. Uh, I did say to a few of the followers on Twitter that we would unpack it. Boys, what went wrong? And Pope, was it that disastrous or uh, did uh, New South Wales just get a little bit unlucky towards the end? Yeah, well, the podcast had a tail between the legs, didn't we, both the mother and I? We're very confident it didn't quite pan out for us. Uh, Queensland were the better team, Mug, but in the wash-up, the post-mortem, the review, that has been overblown, I think, how good Queensland were and how poor New South Wales might have been. So as a wise man once said, things are never as good as they seem or as bad as they seem, Mug, and I think that's the takeaway here. So we'll, we'll talk about it next week and, and in a fortnight's time especially, but... The price for New South Wales looks to be fairly getting fairly attractive, even taking into the fact that Cleary's going to be missing. 
Oh, okay. Well, that's uh, that's an interesting little uh, intro to what uh, could be happening in, in a week or so's time. Modler, what did you see in the game? Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting game. Like New South Wales had a lot of, uh, to, to use a, a controversial word, they had a lot of momentum going into the end of the first half. Probably the worst thing that happened was the halftime was sounded. Um, and then sort of once they came back out, it was it was pretty uh, pretty evenly matched after that. And then, um, yeah, it's, it seems a few of the New South players put uh, swapped their moulds for ice skates. I think there's a lot of uh, slipping and sliding going on yeah. down back there at crucial moments. So, um, yeah, not not to be last week, but uh, we pick ourselves up and, and carry on. In in, in betting parlance, Mug New South Wales were a dollar twelve, dollar thirteen with thirteen minutes to go. So. They can't have been that bad for that long to have been that price. Obviously, they didn't lost the game when they should have with Queensland being a 12, but all things in consideration, I think you need to factor that in in the entirety of the game when thinking about what you want to do in game two. To my untrained eye, Pope, it looked like New South Wales controlled the game for the majority of the game, um, but it was their defensive um, inefficiencies that cost them. It felt like... Um, you know, I guess to use AFL terms, Queensland didn't go forward that often, but when they did, they were really efficient. They got through the defence. So I don't know, where is that defence breaking down for New South Wales in your eyes? Well, I think, among other things, they won the big moments, Queensland, didn't they? Like Tuolagi holds up two players over the try line, holds up Frizzell and Tedesco in the first half and similar instance in the second half, Luai and Tedesco can't stop Cobo. Yeah, in that um, coming across in cover. So Queensland won the big moments, which is sort of the theme of Origin. But again, Origin is littered with the team that needs to win. Often doing it. There's a reason a high percentage of games go to deciders. So um, we'll unpack that in future weeks. But I don't think it's quite as bad as it's been made out to in the last five days. Okay, interesting little intro uh, for uh, the next couple of weeks. Okay, thank you for that, boys. We better go back and uh, and have some betting review. How did you go, Modler? Yeah, had a uh, had a down weekend uh, last weekend, so obviously kicked it off with Origin. No good on New South Wales. Um, across to the NRL proper on the Friday night. I like the Tigers. Uh, couldn't get it done against Canberra. Came back from eighteen nil down, uh, but uh, couldn't yeah couldn't quite get the chocolates. Uh, the next one I liked was Cronulla over uh, the Broncos. No good there either. I think most of the Broncos players ended up backing up. Um, so no good there. And uh, I think the only shining light I had, I think I mentioned a half stake on Canterbury if Adokar backed up, which he did. Um, so a, a cover there, but not quite the win, which, which would have been uh, even nicer. Then across to the footy, uh, not a lot there. I like the doggies against uh, Geelong. No dice there. Um, also Adelaide against Gold Coast. I uh, liked. Um, again, no good. And the only shining light in AFL was the Tigers over GWS, uh, who I had. Um, but yeah, overall uh, a down weekend. Yeah. Okay. Well, a rare one for you, Modler. Um, so I guess you know. Geez, if you could turn up and win every single week, uh, everyone would do it right. Um, so uh, you're probably <laughs> going to have uh, a couple of uh, down weeks, uh, as a, and the punters will know that for sure. You know, that's geez, uh, you can have a down one uh, in the punting game, but the modeler still doing really well this year. Pope, how did you go? Uh, three for five in my team tips. I'll say mug or at the line. 
Same in New South Wales. Obviously, just touched on that. That didn't get up, and Queensland were the better team. We Tigers Raiders we'll probably feature in the next segment. That was a weird game. Um, reviewing the podcast from last week, I said Tigers head to head, so that's not a win. They they covered the one and a half, but didn't win the game, so that was a loss. And then like the Warriors, who covered against the Dolphins over in New Zealand. And the two that I really liked, I didn't actually heed my own advice personally as the week went on, Mug, but on the podcast, I tipped up Broncos to run the Sharks close and they beat them in Sydney and Canterbury. Well, for a big start, plus 10.5 ran the Roosters very close and lost by a point. So that went well. Total points angles, I was one from three. The two unders bets that I tipped up, the Titans game, Titans and Rabbitohs, that sailed over. And Penrith and Dragons got pipped on that as well. And the one that got up was the North Queensland Storm game, which covered easily. Yep. Okay. Uh, yourself, stats man, did you have some bets on the weekend and how'd they go? Uh, yeah, the ones I <laughs> sent through, I'm not sure if you guys actually read them out or not. I'm I hoping not. I, hope, I don't think we did actually. So <laughs> whether it was good or bad, stats man, you, 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 <laughs> you got them right away. That's good. Now, those were one from three. I think I was on um, the Giants and the Bulldogs as well, and then got there with Port, who I tipped up. So, yeah, one from three. So, good result. Good good dodge not reading those out. Yeah, and for me, guys, I was um, happy to take Melbourne at the three goal mark, and uh, that market actually moved down to 14 and a half. So, I was a bit disappointed with myself that I got that one wrong in terms of the market move. I, I like to think that I'm pretty, pretty solid on the, on the market moves, but missed that market move and, uh, and missed the chocolates there, which was quite frustrating. Um, and uh, but got Port Adelaide, um, in a canter, they absolutely belted the Hawks and, um, and then I was talking about those totals, Pope. Um, so there was the total in uh, the Gold Coast game, which was the over 158, and then the total in the Essendon North game, uh, which was the over 170. I think both started a good chunk past those numbers that we spoke about on the podcast, and both I think cashed pretty easily, really. So, um, so if the punters got into those, um, they would have done okay. So uh, that was my review, boys. Did we see any bad beats? Yep, we did. Uh, again, have hope. Yeah, alluded to it uh, in the previous segment, Mug, but we probably had a double bad beat in the Tigers v Raiders game back last Friday night. So if you're on Canberra minus one and a half, they led 18 nil. Somehow blew that in the last 11 minutes, but got a penalty goal late to win by one, but didn't cover. And if you're on Tigers head to head, they made their way back from 18 nil down to lead 19 18. And then give away a penalty for contact with the kids' legs that uh, turn a one-point lead into a one-point loss. So hard done, boy, if you're on the Tigers head-to-head mug. And can I ask you, boys, was penalty the right decision? Yeah, it was. You can't you can't make contact with the kids' legs, whether it's intentional or not. He did. So it by the letter of the law, I think it's pretty clear that's a penalty. Okay. All right, fair enough. Statsman, did you see any bad beats yourself? Um, nothing obvious, but there's probably a couple that I could that I could stretch. One would be uh, the the GWS head to head with Richmond finally getting the chocolates in a close game for the first time in their last twelve games. I think it was so. Um, yeah, to be on the wrong side there is a little bit stiff. And the other might be the West Coast plus with an asterisk that 
you know, these these things can happen back in West Coast, but they were within two goals pretty much near the end of the third quarter mm. uh, with a head start of 55 or thereabouts and, and didn't cover. So a little bit stiff if you're on that one. Yeah, that's a that's a sickening watch. Uh, just watching that, just watching that evaporate. Um, good if you're on it, but uh, the other way, it's tough watching. Modler, what did you see? Yeah, nothing else really jumped out to me as well. Just touching on the Tigers Raiders game that Pope mentioned. I think a couple of the Raiders tries came off uh, grubbers that uh, bounced off the padding on the upright. I don't know whether that was intentional or not, but um, yeah. Uh, Probably just adds a little bit of a uh, little bit of sauce onto that bad beat there as well. I'm surprised more players don't do that as a tactic. Uh, actually, aim for the the post. They're so big. I mean, you know, I'd like to think they'd be skilled enough to hit them. Probably one one out of three, one out of four times from a dribble kick directly in front, ten meters out. Um, like, but it, it doesn't seem to be a tactic, Pope. They don't they don't try and do that. Yeah, it's a fair point. They may have overcooked it a little bit, like trying to they've sort of try to steer away playmakers from kicking, trying to kick between the defense's legs lately. Like the the modern theory is to try and aim for the aim for the thigh or or, or quad, I guess, and turn it into um, try and get arm contact and get a knock on. So that that might be part of it. But yeah, you're right, you're right, Mug. When it especially when it pans out well, you'd probably question why they don't at least attempt it more regularly. Yeah, it just feels like you get the defense completely scrambling back and, and then if it hits it and you set yourself for it, it might be, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, what do I know? Um, boys, the one thing I've been meaning to ask you about in the rugby league, because, you know, I watch a fair bit of rugby league these days, Pope. I, I don't know if it's my untrained eye, but how often do they do a forward pass from the first play, play of the ruck in the back half of the field. It seems to me like that is quite often a contentious pass. Now, I don't know if it's just that I'm looking at it from the wrong angle because it's in the backfield of the play and the camera angles makes it look like it's forward. But to me, I think so many times they just scoop the ball up to the man running past and I think, Jesus, that's forward. Yeah, it's probably to even flash it a bit further. I think forward pass is a... Is such an imperfect science generally in rugby league like that. Um, a lot I, hear the, the, I hear the commentators say flat pass, and I think to myself, flat, jeez. Yeah, and that's what, and the, the ones who play the game will tell you it's come back out of the hands and floated forward and all this sort of stuff. It It's hard to sort of watch, but a lot that go forward aren't called, a lot that probably are flatty should go back are called. So it's um, something that is not. Um, adjudicate all that efficiently, I think, Mug, in general. There's a bit of the uh, NBA travel rule about it, isn't there? Like, it's, if it's inconsequential, just let it go. Um, when it matters and makes a difference, it seems they call it then, to, to my untrained eye. Yeah, it, it's go. probably a good analogy, like maybe even the throw in AFL, like that um, at times the way it's handballed out of, out of traffic can be yeah, a question that it's probably a fairly good description that Statsman gave there. Yeah. Modler, is that, I mean, do you see any of that or? Yeah, no, I think that's been summed up well. If, if you're sort of in your defensive end, they probably let you get away with it a bit more. But when it comes to, you know, getting these scoring tries and that kind of thing, that's that's when they tend to, to pull it up a bit, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, boys, that's uh, not betting related or anything like that. It's just <laughs> something that I've seen lately. And I, I keep meaning to ask you boys around it because I, every time I see it, I think I must speak to Pope about that uh, next time. Um, 
All right, boys. I think that's uh oh bad beat for myself. I think expected score. I think Melbourne was like 38 points clear. Um, so when you miss a line by one or two uh, down the skinnier end, you always feel a bit hard done by there, um, whether that's a bad beat or not. But um, they could have kicked a few more goals. Would have been nice uh, stats, man. Um, it would have been nice for the viewers too. Pretty stinky game, that one on uh, on the Friday night too. So anyway, boys, are we ready to talk some games? I think we are, Mark. All righty. Well, let's rip into it, Pope. And before we start, boys... Um, all of our prices coming to you tonight, courtesy of Top Sport. Uh, they're our sponsor. They do a fantastic job in looking after the punters. Been in it for 30 plus years and um, one of the fairest in the Cape Up. Um, they're one of the good guys and uh, they will look after you. So if you're looking for a place to uh, to put your hard earned down and um, and you want to be treated with respect and, and treated well, uh, go to topsport.com.au. Mug, to indicate the influence you're starting to have on the AFL world as well, Thursday night football returns, tick, 7.10pm game, tick for Mug. And the 7.10pm game is Sydney Swans v St Kilda at the SCG. The line is 7.5. Since you've influenced this fixture, Mug, I'll let you start. Yeah, I don't know if I've had much to do with the uh, with the fixturing Pope, but uh, we can always uh, think that way. But... The 710, the 720, it's gathering a bit of momentum, Pope. And uh, and I think we will have Thursday night footy uh, all year round next year. So great to have it back. Uh, Pope, I'm a bit concerned here about uh, Parker uh, going out of that side. I think he's been pretty been pretty rough and tumble for him uh, the last couple of weeks. I think he's an important out. Uh, They do get Rampy back in. My number was at seven before uh, before team, so a bit hard for me to uh, bet too much into it. But on market watch here, famous market watch, uh, Pope. Let's just see what that number gets to, and if it starts getting a little bit silly, and we start getting towards the double figures, um, I could see myself being on a on a Saints team here, who I think will come back with a bit of renewed vigour off the break and uh, potentially be able to return back to their early season pressure. And I think if they do that at the SCG, a uh, a 10-point start might be just a little bit too much. Good, strong, strong from you, Mug. Uh, Mother, let's go to you here. What do you think? Yeah, I've got a slight lean of the swans here. I've got them at the lot 55. Um, uh it's probably not even enough for a half stack, to be honest. I've got a couple of ins and outs for the Saints as well. Clark out and Owens in. Um, yeah, likewise, I might just see what happens with the market here before I uh, bet anything. Okay. Stasman, can we get a more assertive opinion to round us out? We cannot. Very similar boat on Market Watch. Um, probably, yeah, I'm probably with Mug on the, on the angle, which would be back in the Saints if it gets bigger. Um, yeah, but but no bet at this stage. Lovely. Uh, Statsman, I'll stick with you here. And it, since it's an even betting fixture, um, I know you prefer these games to talk to. Friday night at Marvel Stadium, and we've got the Western Bulldogs who are slight outsiders against Port Adelaide. The line is two and a half, Statsman. I, I actually am keen to talk to the Dollar O's three game this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have no interest in this one. Uh, I'm bang on market. It's 
I'm, I'm yeah, a bit disappointed in the doggies last week. It was a pretty big game, um, both for taking on Geelong and for and for backing them in the outrights and, and in the game. Um, yeah, the last couple of weeks they've you know disappointed, and um, I actually haven't seen either game, which also takes away a bit of confidence for me. So no bet on this one. Mug is Rory Lobb being wasted? Should Aaron Norton go back? And who do you like in this game? Not sure I'm a subscriber to the Aaron Norton going back uh, thing, but very, very astute from you, Pope, uh, to you. even uh, bring that bring that up. Um, yeah, I know Kingy always bangs on about Aaron Norton going back. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I if I believe in that. Um, yeah, I think they just got to improve their use, um, and maybe they just got to imp- improve their forward. Uh, team play, I think, might be a thing that the doggies could work on uh, as opposed to making big positional uh, changes. Um, look, Pope, I think the dogs, Statsman's right, the dogs have been disappointing the last couple of weeks. Um, Port have been up for so long, you know, can they can they keep going? You know, I, I think Ed Richards on top of Johannesson uh, is a big out. Um, so for that reason, uh, I could only be on port here. I think it's really damaged their play, uh, having JJ uh, missing. He, he was actually starting to go quite well for them. And Ed Richards, I think maybe a lot of people don't uh, understand that loss, but um, but he's really important, I think. And uh, so if I was betting here, Pope, I could only be with port, but my number probably isn't strong enough to push the button, but my lean is port. Thanks, Mug. Mother, can Port make it 10 in a row and can they cover the line here? Um, yeah, I'm a bit the same as Mug here. I've got the slightest of leans to Port. I've got a dollar seventy-five uh, against that dollar eighty there. I've got Dixon and Boke both back in for Port. Um, so if that didn't happen, definitely no bets. Um, and even as it stands, that dollar eighty is probably a bit too skinny for me to be betting into. Okay, we're struggling for a bet here, more than no pressure, but I'll start with you at the MCG Saturday afternoon. The Hawks bubble burst a little bit last weekend. They're 24.5-point outsiders against the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, I'm going to uh, back them to bounce back here. I've got them reasonably short against the market. I've got them 350. They regained Sicily, um, and the Lions lose Zorko. Uh, so into that 425. Uh, that's a play for me. Do you concur, Statsman? Um, no bet for me. Like on the numbers, I probably have a slight lean to uh, Brisbane, but <clears throat> Hawks back at the G, they're quite hot and cold. Um, and they're probably, this is a game where they could be hot. So yeah, I'll, I'll stay out of this one. Mug, your beloved Hawks, does Hart rule ahead in this one? Uh, no, it never does. Uh, I am... Um... I um, I was a bit disappointed, actually, Pope, when I saw this number come up. I thought we, on the back of that thumping from Port, we might actually get a number that was a little bit silly. Um, but that they were, they were pretty pretty spot on, I thought, when they uh, when they put that number up. So around the 24-25 mark, I thought we might get some north of 30 uh, action uh, at, at there as a starter. Um, I was at 31 before teams, uh, as Modler mentioned, Sicily and Zorko, so probably down closer to the low 20s, so pretty close to it. Like Statsman said, hard to have a lot of confidence in the Hawks. My number says I've got to lean to the Hawks, so if was betting would be with the Hawks, but, geez, 
a team like Brisbane that can score so quickly uh, against a team like Hawthorne that can get scored against so quickly, uh, it would be a nervous watch. Bit of a running theme with the, the Hawks and Eagles games, isn't it? A little bit mug. Uh, Statsman, I'll start with you here because I think this is the game you might have been alluding to. The Crows are 55 and a half point favourites against the Eagles at Adelaide Oval on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, like I said a few weeks ago, I do love when you throw to me on the $1.04s, um, but in this case, I'm not being sarcastic. So I I think this is a game that has Adelaide smashing West Coast written all over it. Um, they're, they're sort of flat track bullies, Adelaide, or home track bullies. They seem to, you know, grow an absolute leg at home and um, they've been piling on goals in first quarters. But when they get up and about... The crowd gets behind them. Like I could see them being up by 40 points a quarter time pretty easily. So I've got it uh, in the mid 60s. I think the number's still in the low 50s. As we saw with West Coast last week, like it can happen pretty quick to them. And I think Adelaide are almost the perfect team to beat up on a team like West Coast. Like they're young, they're trying to prove themselves. You know, a few other teams have beaten them by 40 or 50. They're the teams that don't need to prove anything and they're just getting it done. So yeah, I could see Adelaide really um, making a statement here and, and putting them away. It's a compelling case, Modler. Do you agree? Uh, I've definitely got them short. I've got them $1.05, so probably no bet uh, for me at the moment. Like, West Coast are going to lose. Then uh, Duggan, uh, amongst others, there's a chance Shuey, Darling and McGovern come back in. But I've, I've got, yeah, I've got West Coast at $23. Um yeah, it's it's. I'm just going to sit this one out. I think those those three ins too. Like they're all older, slow. Like I don't think they necessarily good players at their best, especially McGovern. Um, but when you're coming in, bit unfit in a battling team like that, you often don't have the impact you can have within a good system. So, yeah, like I don't. While those names on paper sound like good ins, Duggan's been like probably their best player or one of their best players um, behind Cali this year. So, yeah, I think I think almost. Even even with those names, the outs outweigh the ins again for, for West Coast. Mug, the West Coast social media team has performed about as well this week as they have on the field. Can their fortunes turn around a little bit on Saturday afternoon? No, and I'm interested to hear Statsman um, speak like that about um, Adelaide because before teams, I've got this number at 64. Um, so, you know, our numbers are in somewhat of alignment. Was I... Uh, thinking I'm pressing the button on that. Probably not just because of the player movement. I was probably keen to just have a bit of a watch on that market and see where that ends up. Um, but that number at the moment, Pope, where are we at the minute? We're 55. 55, yeah. And that could still trim up a little bit. So happy to uh, happy to sit back and uh, and have a look at, a bit of a look at this one. And we've actually seen that in the last few weeks in these West Coast games. Those lines start a bit higher and then trim up as we get uh, closer to game day. So um let's uh let's keep a watch if we can get to low 50s my number's at 64 you know stats band uh supports it so uh we can we can most likely push a button there nice uh mug i'll stick with you here in an area that you dominated over in the west in your youth uh Fremantle dockers are 14 and a half point favorites still 46 against the tigers who are two dollars 60. Opened up at 20 and a half in some places, Pope, and uh, too many that was. Um, so uh, so we chipped a little bit of that off, but uh, I think it's found its true price now. I think that's about right. That th- I, I was at 13 before teams. 
Um, Darcy comes out, so that's probably hurts Freo. So, oh, look, might tick down a couple more, um, but uh, but I think we're getting closer to the the real number, so couldn't be coming into that. Modler, can you find a bet here? Not really. I've got them uh, two fifty five at the moment. The, the Tigers, I should I should say. Um, chance they get a couple back in, um, uh, but at this stage, I might just wait for teams before I make a play. Sussman, Richmond won a close one last weekend, which would have made you quite chuffed. Um, can you find a bet here on them? Not, not when I was on the Giants, it didn't. <laughs> um, no, nah, like I, I, I can find Freo here. I think, um, yeah, the Dockers have really found found their form. <clears throat> and I think they're playing great footy. Um, like I double pressed them against the Ds and they were really good there. And Melbourne at the MCG versus Richmond at um, WA, Optus is, is a huge swing and I don't know. Like I, I still think the Tigers are not playing great footy. You know, getting some results, but well, not really. But but being in games probably with a flattering scorecard, um, more often than not. So, yeah, I'm I'm a as a Richmond supporter, I'm a bit worried about this game. Um, I can't. For me, it's hard to see us winning it. I think our forward line is still really battling, and Freo's backline will expose that more than GWS's very depleted backline can. So. Yeah, I, I will be on Freo in this one. Great. Thank you very much, Statsman. Uh, Modler, I'll go back to you here. And we've got identical head-to-head odds in this game as we had in the previous match. We've got North at $2.60, Giants at $1.46, Linus 13.5 in the Apple Isle on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and likewise, I've got identical uh, identical price on the outsider at two fifty five on North. I actually thought before I ran teams, I might have had a play on GWS given that North uh, lose Simkin and Greenwood. Um, uh, I've got Cunnington coming back in, so that's probably accounts for a bit of it. If he doesn't come in, uh, might swing a bit to the Giants' way, but, yeah, at this stage, I'll leave it alone. Stats man, find anything here? Yeah, it's, it's come in a fair bit from what I've seen. Um, I did like North. I still do. Uh, I think, to be honest, they're... Playing reasonable footy at the moment. Um, they, were, they were pretty impressive against Essendon, especially with two down on the bench. And uh, the way they started, I thought they were going to lose by 120 points. Like that first 10 minutes, they looked awful. Um, and they just had no no structure, no effort. Um, and to turn it around shows a bit of heart. I just think down at Tassie, I still think, you know, the Giants are quite depleted and, and not playing particularly well. This is a game that I think North will, will see an opportunity in. Um, yeah, for me, I'll be backing North even now. I think I've got it about nine and a half. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be on North in this one. Nice stats, man. Mug, can you agree with stats, man, here? Yeah, I, I picked off some of the earlier price, but um, it's that it started out pretty much the same as the Richmond GWS number. Um And obviously disappointed I didn't take more now. Um, but um, I was a bit... Put off my knitting by the outs of the midfield because you got LDU already out, and then you got Simpkin out. Cunnington wasn't playing. Greenwood out, so you really are heaping a lot on the shoulders of the young boys. But at the same time, I, I'm, I'm not too scared about that. And they get a big home ground advantage against the Giants down there in BA. So, um, you know, I thought that that three goal was attractive. Um, probably wouldn't be coming in now, but um, but yeah, happy with my earlier number. Mug, we've got two interesting betting games at least at the MCG to round out round 13. The first one, Sunday night, and 
Bombers are slight favourites, a dollar eighty-three. Blues are a dollar ninety-three. What do you think? Not much, Pope. To be honest, I was at I was at minus two for the Bombers, so slight favourite the Bombers. And you know, I was really hoping that I might come up with something a bit more aggressive than that, but I just haven't. So it's sort of I'm trying to find a, an angle. Um, the one thing that's sort of in my head is that Essendon, and I spoke about this last week have moved the ball really well at times, but have also been transitioned against uh, it more easily. And that's the thing that Carlton have actually struggled with the most. So I'm actually thinking, will Essendon's style of play actually make it easier for Carlton to actually come back in to playing good football themselves? So Essendon's style might actually almost play Carlton back into form. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. Otherwise, I'd just say, just take Essendon. Essendon are a better team. They move the ball better. They've got better players uh, right across the field. So my gut says Essendon, but yeah, I'm a bit concerned about what I've just spoken about. Do you think Essendon have better players? See, I I personally would think Carlton's cattle is better, um, but they don't cohesively play together. Yeah, I I think that's been, I've spoken about it before. I reckon, I reckon the Blues have got like, they're starting five. It's like an NBA team, you know, like they've got an all-star team. Their top five is as good as anyone's. Um, But I reckon they fall away. I don't think their middle is that strong. And I reckon their last sort of four or five that run out onto the park each week are pretty, uh, are not up to it, uh, VFL players. So I reckon that's probably Essendon. Like you look at their young boys that have come into that side, um, you know, people wouldn't even know some of these guys and they're actually quite a compli- you know, they're quite good players. Um, so I think across the board, I think Essendon are probably a bit stronger. Fair enough. Yeah. Do you want to take it from there, Stas, man? Uh, yeah, I've got no no bet on this game, probably for that reason. Like, I, if, if I thought Essendon were the better team, then I'd probably be with them. But I think Carlton's capacity to be good at this point um, in their development is probably a bit higher, but obviously they're not up to that level. So, yeah, no, no bet for me. Well, though, this is traditionally in your sweet spot of finding an angle. Can you find one here? No, unfortunately not. I've got this game pretty much picking. So, yeah, given no line there at the moment and the um, and the odds on the head-to-head, no play for me. Uh, Statsman, we've got similar odds, MCG, on Monday afternoon for the King's birthday. Pies are slight favourites at $1.82, Demons $1.92. Yeah, keen on the pies here, to be honest. Um, I think Muggin is in his Sunday email called correctly the the movement down into almost favoritism for, for the D's um, from five and a half or thereabouts with Dugowie out and Oliver in. But I, I don't know, like I still don't think Melbourne are, uh, are impressing. Like they haven't impressed me. You know, they're, they're a good team, but they're not playing particularly well. And Collingwood are, you know, Doing, doing what they have to every game and and they're always coming to play. So, yeah, I just, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. There's there's sort of pros and cons both ways. Um, I don't have a huge lean, but I just think Collingwood are hungrier to win games at this point in the year. It doesn't necessarily mean come finals um, they will be. Like Melbourne, I think, are maybe playing a more mature season this year and trying to peak at the right time. And Collingwood are probably in that prove yourself in the home and away season period where they might drop off for finals. But at this point in the season, I think Collingwood are going to play this more like a final than Melbourne are. And yeah, I, I, I want to back the pies in this one. Yeah. Like it. Stats man. Modler, is there anything you can see here that you like? There is. Yeah. I'm going to oppose Statsman here. So there's a, there's a few moving parts. So Oliver 
obviously looks like coming in. There was a, a, a article today where he actually didn't train today because of an infected blister, but uh, I, I imagine that won't hold him back from playing. But um, yeah, fingers crossed he does get up. Uh, yeah, and the Pies, a lot of uh, ins and outs to go. He obviously out. Uh, Elliot and Pinsky look like coming in. Uh, but all said and done, yeah, I've got the D's at $1.70, so uh, decent play for me in about $1.92 at the moment. But, uh, yeah, with the caveat that uh, I guess a lot could happen in the teams before Monday. You're the tiebreaker to re out here, Mark. No, I, I agree with both the boys. I mean, I, I, I backed Melbourne at, at five and a half because I thought that was the wrong price. Um, I, um, I'm at, you know, I'm probably at about minus two uh, for the D. So I've got D's marked a slight favorite here. So if I was to be choosing teams right now, I'd be, I'd be choosing Melbourne, but I, I do see where the stats man is coming from. I mean, I haven't been that impressed with Melbourne over the last few weeks. I went and watched them firsthand against the Hawks. Um, they, they had a loss to port. They've, you know, they've been pretty unimpressive against Carlton. So they, you know, their month of footy hasn't been, they lost to Freo, of course. Um, they haven't been going uh, great, the Ds, and the Pies have just been, you know, taken all before them. So, but in saying that, my number says uh, to stick with my bet, Hope. Uh, that's what I'll be doing. Don't know if I'd come into another bet right now, um, but um, but yeah, the subscribers um, got notified of the five and a half uh, for Melbourne, and um, and we've seen that shift um, in the market. So I'll I'll just stick with that, Pope. Still seeing them well on a Sunday night by the sounds of things, Mug. Yeah, I, I was just disappointed with that Carlton one last week, Pope. That was uh, I, I misread that one, but um, but yeah, I, I I think so. I think think I'm seeing them okay. Uh, Two-prompt question for you, Mug. Anything around totals for the week? And following that, did you want to just give us your review of what you like this week? Yeah, I, I think, uh, Pope, just around the totals. And um, we saw a weekend of football uh, just gone that might have to get into Sir Swamp Thing and see if he can give us some numbers. But I don't know the last time that we would have had four games um, go near – 200 or over 200 um, in the first week of June. Um, so that was incredible uh, scoring for this time of the year. Normally the scoring backs off. So there could be some angles there, punters, around some unders this week. You know, normally we'd be sort of coming, retreating back under the sort of 164 mark this time of the year. Um, so I haven't spent a lot of time digging into it yet, but keep an eye out for some weather, keep an eye out for some, uh, bigger lines, potentially the bookies have got a bit excited on the back of last week. Um, so maybe just uh, have a key, see if you can uh, have, have a have a bit of a lookout for that, see if you can sniff out some unders, Pope. That would be my little uh, bit on that. Um, but Pope, I, I'm not sure I've got any new betting. I, I Probably the one thing um, that I'm keeping a look on is the St Kilda line. Let's just see if that can get out to uh, two figures. If that gets out to two figures, I'll be happy to have a bet on the Saints. And um, and I'm going to probably find myself on Adelaide to really smash up West Coast and uh, side with Statsman on that one. I think we could get a little bit more movement on that, so happy to wait on that one as well. But um, but that's where I see it. Classy as always, Mug. Uh, Modler, I've got a few no bets for you next to your name this week. Do you want to just give us an overview? Yeah, I had a few close, but uh, no cigar. But the two that did stand out were the Hawks against... Brisbane at the price, so take the line there. And the D's uh, on the King's birthday fixture. 
Thanks, Molda. Uh, Statsman, with your week on, week off routine, you've been very impressive. Just do you want to give us a rundown on how you're seeing them for this week? Yeah, hopefully they go well and I'll be back next week. Otherwise, another week off for me. Um, the Saints, if it moves, uh, if we get sort of near double figures. Adelaide, I'm going to take the minus. I think I'll take some 100-plus in that Adelaide game as well. Uh, I'll take Freo at the minus um, and probably some margins there as well, maybe some 40. Then I'll take North plus and Collingwood in the head-to-head. See, I'm pretty confident on a few of those stats, man. While I've got you, might get a bit of a futures update on if you anything you like or any price movements that um, have piqued your interest. Yeah, I was saying in our in our pre-production, very formal um, as it is, that I did have a good look at futures today. Put in put in some time and literally. Could not find a bet. Um, the market looks really pretty efficient to me. The only one that I had value on my sort of um, simulations was Collingwood for the flag. But as I just touched on, the the way these sims work, um, you're kind of basing it on the current ratings. And I think come finals, that Collingwood's rating might be a little bit lower in reality, and some other teams might close the gap because they're tapering their years. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be rushing into the four dollars for Collingwood, and that that was the only one that I had value in any market. So. Um, yes, there's a few pivotal games coming up um, for top four, minor prem, um, you know, with the Queen's birthday and the Port Bulldogs game. They're both going to be pretty big. So uh, we might see something next week, hopefully, if those uh, sort of adjustments are a bit off the mark. But um, yeah, not a lot. We're still looking good for, for premiership bets with, with Collingwood favourite and um, Melbourne equal second favourite. So, and the Bulldogs coming in a fair way. So yeah, positions are, are pretty good, but yeah. Um, yeah, nothing new for this week. El Capitano, Mug, is there any other AFL contacts that you want to talk to before we round out? Um, I'll just say um, on the Collingwood bit, I, I mean, I, I've, I've been laying a bit of them, um, to be honest. Uh, I just think that below that, and, and, and because we backed a fair bit on them previously, um, that I just feel at the moment, at this juncture of the year, at that price, Still a long way to go, Pope, and um, that's such a short price. Like, I mean, even if they repeated the dose for the back end of the year, that price might maybe low threes, Statsman. You know, that price isn't going to change a whole heap. So my sort of feeling on that is that there's um, upside on a lay at the moment. You know, like if you lay out of that position at the moment, I feel that there's probably a better chance that you can get back with the pies again somewhere down the track at a better price than what you can now. And if it all went tits up and they just won every game from now until the end of the year, you're not going to be that badly out of place from where you were anyway. So I don't know. That's just how I think a little bit about the the future stuff. You know, there's it's not that I don't want to be with the pies, but I think there'll be a better time to be with the pies. So I'm happy to take a bit out of that bull and just, save that one for, for later and, and, and whack it back in a bit later. Superb, fellas. Uh, if there's nothing else, I think that rounds out AFL. High-quality segment as always. Probably into the uh, second hour of our podcast by now, Pope, so we better, we better move on and talk some NRL with the Pope and the modeler. Um, so, boys, uh, first game and going up against the AFL uh, this week on the Thursday night. Titans are hosting the Wests and Titans here in home territory, $1.80, uh, $2 the Wests and uh, one and a half the line. 
hope, lead us away. Yeah, David Fafita out of this game's moved the needle on this a fair bit today. Um, so that's moving from three and a half to one and a half. I have it pretty much on the number. If I was to have a casual bet, though, on Thursday night, I'd probably back Titan 13 plus and I'd, I'd stay away from the line. I just think that this is hard to quantify, which I've touched on before. They're, they're an emotional team and seem to be up and down, up and down. And I think this is maybe a week you can catch them. Like off the back a couple of times this year, off the back of an embarrassing performance, which they're prone to, they reacted quite well. And, and they conceded 30 points in the second half against Rabbitohs the other night. So I think there'll be some sort of response. Um, and I can see them. There's a world where they win this quite comfortably, but I'd probably just look for the bigger price and have an interest bet here. I'm not, I'm not sold to um, based on my numbers, but I just, as I say, feel like that there might be some sort of response from what was a pretty weak performance from them last week. Mudler. Yeah, I'm actually a little bit the other way here. I've got the Tigers uh, at a dollar ninety, um, so they're going to stick with them after last week. At least they covered for us, as mentioned earlier. Um, uh, Coruscant named back in Hooker. He was named last week in Hooker, but ended up starting off the bench. So fingers crossed, he actually starts Hooker this week. Um, but yeah, all said and done, Tigers. I've got a dollar ninety, so keen to play another two dollars there. All right. Thank you very much, boys, uh, for that one. Uh, the second game, Friday night, the early one, we go down to the nation's capital. Uh, Canberra Raiders are hosting New Zealand Warriors. $1.52 the Raiders and the Warriors $2.55. Uh, we've got the line here, boys, set at the four and a half. Modler, what say you? Yeah, no real play for me here. I've got uh, the right, uh Yeah, yeah, no play. No play at the moment, no. Hope. I'm on the Warriors here, Mug. I think this line's been artificially inflated by Jared Croker's 300th. It's it's going to get a fortnight lead in with him missing last week's games we touched on. So I think it's been bumped up for artificial factors. And I don't, obviously, when you try and quantify what you do with betting, that's not how you want to do it. So I don't, I have bet minus one and a half. So it's a healthy edge. So the Warriors, obviously, Raiders could be up for the game and see his. Uh, talisman and the stalwart of the club, but um, my numbers can't get it there, so I'm happy to back the Warriors. And Statsman, I'm pretty sure you've done some work on this in the past, these milestone games, 100 games, 200 games, 300 games. Um, is there anything that you can recall that you've sort of seen that puts an edge to the team with a, a 300 gamer? Have I done work on that in the past? <laughs> used to me. Maybe, um, maybe that was just an assumptive throw to Statsman. <laughs> I yeah I don't know to be honest I don't think I've ever looked into that so um yeah thanks for the throw under the bus though. Modla, have, have you looked at that? No, it's been it's actually been on the back burner for me for a while now, but other priorities sort of pop up. But um yeah, I'd say it's pretty anecdotal if anything. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, moving it's right it's along. It's so impressive though. <laughs> the throw, so. I could just see the look on Statsman's so face going, oh, have I? Have I done? <laughs> all uh, right. I, was, I was wondering if I maybe bullshitted, um, you know, <laughs> a year or two ago, but <laughs> I, I don't think so. Uh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, okay, boys, next game, and uh, I'll get it right up because I've just lost my spot. Um, going well this evening, aren't we? Uh, St. George, uh, the game, first game on the Saturday because we're skipping over the Manly game. Uh, we're going to go St. George at home. 
at Nestrata Jubilee Stadium, and uh, they're hosting the Rabbitohs. 285 in home territory here, the Dragons, and 145, the Rabbits back the other way, and we have a line of seven and a half. Uh, Pope, take it away. All things considered, I had this bang on seven and a half mug. Latrell Mitchell, Cameron Murray out for the Rabbitohs and Jai Arrow, pretty significant. But Dragons are a basket case. No one seems to want to coach the team next year. Got candidates pulling out fairly regularly. So that is some sort of factor when it comes to the culture of the club. 45 and a half total points, Saturday afternoon mug. Again, this will be on Rabbitohs' bat. And they seem to have fallen into a little bit of pattern of we'll score more than you in their games lately. So let's back the overs here. I like it, Pope. Uh, and Modler, for yourself. Yeah, I've only got a slight play here on um, on St. George. I've got them 270, so, you know, 285. It's probably enough for a half stake. Um, you know, probably split between the, the line and the, and the head-to-head, I'd say. Okay, all right. There's one for Modler, if only a half stake. Um, all right, boys. Uh, next one we want to go to now is... Brisbane Broncos, they were friendly to you last week, Pope, and they find themselves quite a bit shorter this week. Uh, $1.21, in fact, and they're taking on the Modelers Knights. Um, to that point, we better go to the Modeler first. It's 12 and a half the line. Uh, two two, two uh, converted tries start here, Modeler. Can you find your team? Oh, I can, yeah. I've got them rated uh, 3.50 here. They regain uh, Tyson back from origin. Um, Broncos get Cobo back the other way. Um, but into the 440 at the moment, that's a play for me. More invested on the uh, line than head-to-head. But, yeah, still still loving for my nights. Yeah, okay. Nice, Modler. Uh, good one. And uh, Pope? Yep, I can side with the Modler here. My number's pretty close. But the bit that is hard to quantify again, Mug, is I think there's some impact when you're between origins for a team that's heavily affected by origins. So you would have had a lot of guys play two games in a week in their week just gone, and they've got a backup. Mine can be elsewhere. Body's a bit sore. Um, I think all that helps Newcastle here. So I do concur with the modeler here, Mug. Okay, nice. And uh, Pope, is Frizzell origin standard? I thought it's time had passed. He's had a relatively good year for Newcastle, but I would have thought there's a couple in front of him Um been four or five years since he's been in that arena and I don't think his form was compelling enough to probably get a recall mug. So the answer is no. Uh, I'd be happy to see that uh, Frizzell and I think Bo Young out of that team. I think uh, they were two two guys that... Uh, Hudson dragged, Young. Uh, Hudson Young, was yep. it? Uh, that uh, dragged the chain a little bit on the... Uh, on the blues the other night. Anyway, um, we digress. Saturday, uh, 7.35 p.m. Roosters are hosting Penrith Panthers. Panthers might have been a big clash, maybe even just 12 months ago or 24 months ago. Um, but uh, I don't know. Pope, you can tell us about it. 2.45, the Roosters, Penrith, $1.55 here. And, uh, and we have just the four and a half on the line. Where do we see this one? Well, the Roosters aren't as good as what they've been. Um, you keep waiting for them to come good, and they don't. However, how much is Nathan Cleary worth mug is the question in this game. Um, Roosters, I think, have covered something like three or four or 12 games this year, so they've got a horrendous record. But I'll be on them this week at plus four and a half. I, in simple terms, think Cleary is worth more than 
what the market does. So I'm happy to side with the Roosters here, Mug. Okay, that's interesting. And Modler, can we line it up? Yeah, we can. I've got the Roosters at 2.30 here. They regain Tupo. Um, and, yeah, obviously Cleary out for the Panthers. So, uh, yeah, into that 2.50-ish. Uh, yeah, I'll go a full stake on that one. Okay, nice. All right, so the boys are with the Roosters there. And what, what do you rate him at, Pope? What's what's his worth as a as a line, you know, value to a line? What What is he? I've got him worth five and a half. Yeah, right. Okay. And, yeah, like we, I actually, I actually didn't quantify this, which would have made for better, um, more entertaining podcast here. But he was he out, he was out for a fairly significant period last year too. Morgan, I can't, I can't quite remember what I had him down for, but we've got a recent sample. But um, we'll know more this week too, like how, how they play. But yeah, around that, around that converted try, um, it's it's a pretty massive number for yeah. A team that's won the last two premierships, really. So it feels about right, but I think I'll have a more accurate read this time next week. Yeah, okay. All right. Nice. Thanks, Pope. And uh, we flick over to the Sunday boys, and uh, it's the last one we're going to talk to. It's our Storm, and they're hosting the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, 155, the Storm at home, and 255, the Sharks. And we will have about four and a half, I think. Yes, we do. Four and a half. Modler, can we find our team? Uh, not exactly. No, I've got a big play on the Sharks here. I've got them. I've got their favourites actually at dollar eighty. So favourites, huge play. Wow. Ooh, yeah, dollar eighty. Two forty-five for me. Oh. Uh, uh, obviously, Nico looks over the line to be the Blues halfback, but I uh, hope anyway for the accounts balance that um, he puts on a good game this week against the Storm. Right. Okay. So uh, that's a big, uh, a big shift in the market there, Modler. And I think these big shifts that you've uh, had this year have been pretty successful. So, um, Pope, um, how do you see this? Not to Modler's extent. That's massive. That, that's a six and a half point swing, really. That's significant. I can side with the Sharks, but I think Storm are correct favourites for mine here. I have them about equal. So it's basically home ground advantage for me that's got storm favourites, but um, I take credence to what the what the model says there, and, and yeah. it might be altering my opinion a little, but yeah, slight edge for the sharks here. Yeah, um, and probably tie into this a little bit. It's it's a huge game. It's probably got top four ramifications this one too. Like I not the sophistication of stats man and modeler, but I, I did the old school ladder predicting today, and this game will probably hinge on the top four if if you sort of plan ahead. So. Really big game Sunday afternoon. Well worth watching. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. And um, and Pope, I, I think these Sunday afternoon games have often meant points for us. Do you expect to see some points here? No, well, probably a little bit the other way. If anything, okay. well, Storm were horrendous up in Townsville on Sunday afternoon. You'd expect some bounce back, and Cronulla similarly. Like they lost at home to Broncos, so I expect both teams to be emotionally charged. Inevitably, that leads to more desperate defence. So um, I probably would err uh, on the side unders, which obviously goes against my play at Amy probably the last couple of years a little bit, Mug. Yep. okay. And just harking back uh, to that Gold Coast game, uh, Pope, because I know um, they've been putting up an enormous amount of points. Uh, do we see some points in that one? I, with trepidation, I am probably getting on the unders a bit here, Mug. I... Like the number for one, it was 47 and a half last week. Yep. Um, turned out to be wrong, but this is 46 and a half for a, a genuine night game. Um, I know it's 
Seabus is the quickest surface in the planet, but still it's a lot of points in the dead of night. So I err on the unders here. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you for that. So boys, you just maybe want to backtrack over your bets and um, and then we can talk to some quick uh, futures Pope and uh, round out. I know Statsman's got something to contribute. So, uh, so we'll, uh, we'll yeah. that's man as well. Yeah. Just before you do uh, Statsman does have something to contribute here. A couple of questions I'd like to, to throw at uh, the Pope or the modeler. Um, Dylan Brown, how, how have we dodged this one? Uh, any any commentary there? Like he's been selected. Um, is he expecting to play, or, or are you expecting him to play? What's the what's the situation there? Uh, I'll t- I'll take this one. Start with Modler. I'm surprised his name Statsman. Yeah, like he, his court case is tomorrow, I believe. Um, so there's a five day turnaround. That's the only fact. Maybe if it was a game on Friday, he wouldn't have been named with a short turnaround. The longer turnaround might uh, mean that. There's cleaner air, but I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm surprised he has been named um, with the nature of the charges. And, and does that mean he's passed the discretionary element of the NRL's stand down policy, or have they not decided yet? Oh, more the latter, I think. So they have the no fault stand down policy in the NRL. I think there's probably a little bit more information to come to light post tomorrow that would come into it. But um, yeah, I'd, I was surprised to see him in the starting thirteen. And I'll still be surprised to probably see him play, I think, with um, the seriousness of the allegations. And then in the same game, I'm just reading on Fox Sports. I was I was just looking up Dylan Brown to see the latest, but Reed Marnie, is he, I don't know if he's any good, but um he, they've applied for an exemption for him to play despite suffering a category one concussion. Is that is that a thing that happens in the NRL or these these are these are good questions. They've They've opened up their own can of worms here. So Turbo, Tommy Trevojevic got a grade one in origin, which means an 11-day uh, stand-down or 11 days that you can't play. And Manly applied for an exemption and got granted it for him to play this week. So the can of worms have been opened by the Turbo case. And, and now I think it's going to be open slowly here, at least for the good players. So now Canterbury have done the same with Reid. So what's the, what's the, like, why are they allowing that? Is it? Is it based on a lack of symptoms and a, a suggestion there's no problem or? Well, the, the, yeah, the independent doctor isn't at the ground. So in Turbo's case, the independent doctor is making an assessment of television pictures and they say he misdiagnosed, which must have been proven to some extent. I guess that's going to be the argument for Reed Marnie as well, that the independent doctor who isn't at the ground doesn't know the full extent. The club doctor who was there obviously is a fairly... Um, significant degree of nepotism attached to that diagnosis, potentially, Statsman. But the fact that the independent doctor um, doesn't make a live assessment or doesn't make a physical assessment, that seems to tie into this a fair, a fair bit. Yeah, okay. Um, and then- <laughs> Can I just ask a follow-up question, Pope? Why is it the doctor who's assessing um, head trauma actually, who's independent, actually at the ground? Uh, I, I don't really know the answer. I'd imagine it's I'd imagine it's cost. If I had to, I, I, I know that shouldn't be a factor for physical for physical and mental well being. But that's the one I'm going to run with. If they're running, if they don't have enough independent doctors, that they're not going to send around eight games. Um, but I've I've come up with an answer for entertainment purposes there, which I probably shouldn't for medical <laughs> for medical what, a, what sort of bush league are they running up there? Unbelievable, <laughs> unreal, isn't it? 
<laughs> so well, yeah, well, if we get a letter during the week from Andrew Abdog, can you can you do all that? Mug? I don't want to part of it. <laughs> I think he'll be threatened by the Twitter presence and, and not want to risk the brand damage. Um, one, one last question there. So with all those factors considered that um, weighing up the balance, <clears throat> the balance of probabilities and the current prices, like what, what is the market assuming at this point in time? Like out of those two, who's going to play? And, and, you know, where would you be betting if something changes there? With Brown, with Brown and Marnie? Yeah. I'd have... I'd have neither neither playing if I was to in the balance of probabilities and it's probably um, the line of move to the dog slightly as a result. I might get in a six and a half or seven and a half. So not a, not a huge not a huge swing. No, Brown Brown was slightly more than Marnie, but um, both both are negatively affected a little. Uh, but yeah, the net effect moves moves the needle maybe a point or two. Very good. And did we get to Modler's uh, summary of his bets? I'm not sure we did. After yeah. that. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Modler. <laughs> and can you give me your synopsis of the Dean, Dylan Brown case too, please, Modler? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, if I'm honest, I try and sort of shut that kind of stuff out. I'm, I, to, yeah, at a, at a very high level, likewise, I'm surprised he was named. It just seems to create more problems than it solves, I think. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll. Let the course decide. Um, yeah, but uh, going to the bets, I had a few for the league this week. Um, Tigers on the Thursday game, I liked um, St. George. I think I had a half stake there. Uh, the Knights I liked a lot. Uh, Roosters as well was a full stake. And the biggest one of the week for me was the Sharks against Storm. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a big one. Okay, so uh, take note of that modeler set, and there was a couple of lineups with the Pope as well. Pope, just before we do wrap it up, you've got some future stuff. Yep, I'm gonna tip the Sharks eleven dollars to win the comp. Uh, Mark sort of touched on it before. I sort of had a look at the numbers, and if they can get in the top four, I think this is a pretty open year. We, well, you touched on it in pre-production that you can probably put a little bit of Asterisk next to Penrith, and I think you can against South and Broncos, and you certainly can against Storm. So I think a team that might be able to get on a run is the Sharks, and at the bigger price, um, I think it's a fairly attractive bet. If they beat Storm this way, that's going to move the needle pretty heavily. So that could get them down to $8. So I think now's the time to bet. Obviously, this week, Modler especially rates them really highly. So mm. now's the time to get on while there's still double figures. Yeah, nice. Okay, like it, Pope. Thank you very much for that. Well, boys, that's been a huge chat. I'm not sure we've ever talked so much uh, <laughs> on this podcast before. Uh, so thank you for that. That's man's come in. He's he's just popped by. He's uh, he's had a great chat with us. So stats man, we might get you to sign us off. Love to gamble responsibly, and most importantly, gamble to win.